Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. This is Greg, and I gotta get serious with you for a moment here. So, you, you may have caught on, obviously, we, uh, we, haven't, we haven't talked to John in a few weeks, and uh, there, there was actually a reason behind it. You know, I was trying to, you know, I didn't want, I, I, out of privacy for him, I didn't really want to reveal too much, but um, the thing is, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but, um, so John doesn't actually work for the post office. Uh, we, we tell a lot of stories. It's kind of a funny thing. And, and you know, but um, he actually works at a very high end sex toy factory. And a few weeks ago, he he was moving the forklift and a huge crate of double ended dildos fell on him and all went up his butt at the same time. And so unfortunately, uh, he got injured um, by that. And uh, and so he had to take a couple weeks off, but he's back this week. Right, John, how you doing? Um, confused and sore, I guess. <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping that that would crack you up enough during the intro where you'd break the silence. But I have a feeling at the same time you were like, "I gotta hold on to the silence because Greg's doing his intro." I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's good to have you back, buddy. How are you? Uh, good. I just assumed that you you were waiting to have me back on the podcast once I bought the three hundred dollar Arno Surge Surge from your store. Uh, so <laughs> there's now a, there's now a $300 video game entry fee for, for each episode I have to do. And and not to mention, a, a, you know, so you know, what's funny about that, right? So we, we repriced a lot of the rare things in the Vita case. Mm-hmm. The day after you bought that one sold online for like $500. <laughs> so it's like, it's just, not, not that I would have upped it on you or anything, but like we were close. Like if that had been a day earlier when we had done the price changes, I'd have been like, oh yeah, cool. It needs to be updated. But so yeah, man, you got a great deal on that. So I'm happy it went to a good home. We've had it there forever. So it's yeah, finally I, where it needs to be. How, did you up that at any point? Like prior to me buying it no that's actually the price that's always been because that was a sealed one that we had a used one that was cheaper at one point it was like about half that price the sticker on it was faded to hell so (laughs) but i like i was i was thinking about and i was like could i have bought this for cheaper like two years ago or however the hell long that's been sitting in your case so (laughs) no but you picked a good time to buy it because you know, it, it, it would have gone up in the weeks that followed. So, um, but, but thank you obviously for buying that too. I mean, all joking aside, like that's a big ticket item and I appreciate that of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I, I texted Greg asking him, I'm like, Hey, uh, can we put that on layaway? And like, could I pay you like, like 60 <laughs> bucks every week or something? And then I like realized that I'm like, I'm like, I'm a fucking adult with a credit card. Fuck it. So I just, I just went in and I put on my credit card and it's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah well it's funny too because I, I see that and i do have a lot of people ask me that and i'm like i mean i would do it for a regular customer of course i would do it for you but there's always this tinge of because people ask me that a lot they'll have like an 800 dollars item or something and they're like hey can i make payments on this and i and i always say well yes but it has to be very defined payments and a very defined schedule of when you'll be making these payments and then you know because it's just it's one of those things like we can't just have it floating out there forever um not yeah, that i would think you would 800 dollars item would what eight hundred dollar item do you have in your store? Uh, well, right now we don't have much up in that range, but I had it was the uh, Monster Hunter PlayStation Four Pro. Okay, actually, you know what's funny is that's that's kind of where my mind went was uh, <laughs> a special edition console right away. Yeah, and and I guess technically we do have the Last of Us post pandemic edition that's over a thousand. Um, the 
the PS3 Last of Us post pandemic. Jesus. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about this sometime because I know last week we were talking. We talk. I was I was talking to Nick super nintendo and we were going to talk about game prices and we ended up kind of going down a different route which happens you know in the natural flow of a conversation but we we could get down on a whole episode of just the stupid prices of things uh, in video games um but you know that's for another day because today yeah. there's a there's one thing we're going to talk about today and then we've got our pickup piles which is going to take a bit because it's been a while um but uh, i want to talk about now it's a week old already so in the in the game sphere, in the game news sphere, it's practically a, a another generation. <laughs> but like a week <laughs> is a long time. But I wanted to talk about the comments from the X Days Gone developer who had made some arguably controversial, you know, comments. Ultimately, not really, um, but kind of controversial comments that uh, during uh, David Jaffe's. I don't know, vid, vidcast, podcast, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, David Jaffe's weird stoner gamer hour. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, and basically he had, you know, made comments about why there might not be a sequel to that game. And so we're going to talk a little about that. Uh, and then, of course, we have our pickup pause of the week. But before we do that, John, did you end up, and I did not ask you this in the pre-show, but did you end up watching the new Mortal Kombat movie? I did. You did excellent because I'd like. Yes. I'm going to give a review on it, and I'd love to hear your two cents. So I'm going to try to avoid spoilers on this because I'm going to be honest with you. There's not much plot going on, <laughs> so I don't think there's much to ruin. Your um, your wife liked it, did she not? Uh, I would not say that. Oh, it it seemed like. Uh... I, I thought it, it seemed like that on Twitter, but that might have been Jill that was uh, saying that. Mm, um, I don't know. I just looked that up. I didn't see those tweets, but I know she was like, she was listening to it while she was doing something else. And every time they had one of the cheesy one-liners, she just like, like audibly groaned. She was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Now, some of it made sense. Like there were some funny Easter eggs and cameos and stuff. Um, ultimately, John, what did you think of the movie overall? Um... I didn't hate it. Um, I I thought they the main character like is kind of a pussy and a bad fighter <laughs> early in the movie. That's fair. <laughs> and then and then midway through the movie, they have him do something very, very, very like devastating and like seemingly way above his weight class yeah uh so i was definitely surprised by that um i i found it i found him interesting and once once he got his uh once his um mortal Kombat puberty finally <laughs> arrived i wanted like it, he's somebody that i would be like all right we'll put him in the game like, I think launching that movie should have also coincided with them saying, and this character is in the game. Because yeah. he's the only person in that movie that isn't in the game that's a main fighter. Like, that he's the only person that's created for that movie. And, like, they have ten fighter packs and, and like, Arnold Schwarzenegger and frickin'... Uh, Rambo and all these other characters in Mortal Kombat 11, like, why not 
put the character from the movie that you just launched into the game. Yeah, well, and to be fair, it is Warner Brothers, and they can't ever seem to do anything with that. Like, like you know, like they look at their DC movies and everything. I mean, there's no, there's never any, like. I don't know, cohesion to anything. It's always, you know, there's never a plan. There's never a mapped out destination for anything, you know, so it doesn't surprise me. So I feel the same way as you. Um, this isn't a spoiler because you find out right away, but but yeah, literally the main character of the movie is a new character. It's somebody who is not in the game. And so you follow this person as they get wrapped up in the mythos of Mortal Kombat. What I would say about the movie is... It did some things really well, and some things were just mind-bogglingly stupid. Like, I, there there were some things I just, I, I thought were really well done, and I thought the characters were pretty well represented to the actual, to the video games. And, you know, they tried to throw in, you know, every character, when they were getting into fights, they tried to throw in, you know, uh, their special moves and the abilities and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> that, uh... Yeah, what are you running a zoo over there, John? <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, no, no, you're okay. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Nicole and Lyra were at the park and they just got home. Nice. Um. So anyway, um, <laughs> that was funny. Uh. So, like, I thought the characters were pretty well represented. They they had custom moves. Like like it, they felt like they were supposed to be. Um, you know, everyone who's in the movie seemed like that's how that character would be. And then. And then sometimes they just have like this, like the plot really makes no sense. And I, I don't really want to go into it because I don't want to have spoilers. But the idea is that, you know, it's the it's the it's the 10th Mortal Kombat tournament in a row. The bad guys have won nine of the last 10. If they win the 10th one, then they take over the Earth realm. That's like the rules of Mortal Kombat. So in, in this movie, though, there, there is no tournament. Like as they're going around through the story, it's just sanctioned. Shang Tsung just cheating the whole time and basically trying to kill everybody before the tournament starts or something. I don't know. Yeah. So so the movie's really weird that way because it's it's like I don't know. It just it kind of doesn't make sense. So plot wise has a lot of like gaping holes, some weird stuff. But I thought the character was done really well and they tried to throw fatalities in and it was it was over the top gory. Like when they showed blood, there was blood everywhere. Like it was yep. it was great. Like that stuff was done really well and the CG and the special effects of it were pretty good. Like, in a, in a lower-budget movie, that's where you're expecting them to cut corners. And they didn't. They clearly cut corners in the writer's room. <laughs> <laughs> or they cut corners in the acting department. <laughs> but for the most part, so, you know, it was it was all right. The only... Th- so, I thought Shang Tsung was a bad actor. Um, Which is funny, because like, that actor is a good actor. So, it's weird in, that he was a bad Sang... He was a bad Shang Tsung, yeah. Yeah, and and I also felt like the the CGI's for both Raiden and Shang Tsung looked really dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, like I I think they should have done with like like just having Raiden have like intense eyes or like have him do the blue eye thing occasionally, like when he's using his power. But him always having those glowing blue eyes just looked really weird to me. Um, and then I also found it weird that, like, um, they introduce a character, uh, in a battle and then kill it immediately. <laughs> like, it's, it's the, the most anticlimactic battle in the yeah. movie. It's just like, oh, and, and that's dead. All right. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I would watch another one definitely. 
Um, and I like I think it could be interesting, but of the of the HBO movies straight from the uh, theater straight into your home, the free like, movie thons, the Corona movies. Yeah, like I would say that's probably the worst of them so far. Yeah, I still haven't watched uh, <laughs> King Kong vs Godzilla. I haven't watched that one yet because I we to... don't have much time. I need, uh, to, I need to catch up on my Godzilla Kong vs Extended Universe. <laughs> you may want to just skip it unless you have, unless you really want to pay for Godzilla vs Kong because I believe it leaves the the free uh, ability to watch it <coughs> like this week potentially. Oh dang! Okay, I'll check that because it'll probably tell me when it's. Almost over. Yeah, I'm, it might even be tonight, actually. Or <coughs> Actually, I think it's the 30th. I, I believe this is the 30th. All right. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. Um, so, the, yeah, randomly, ahead. real quick, uh, on the Mortal Kombat thing, the one thing I found interesting was I read in an interview about the writer. So the writer of the Mortal Kombat movie is a really big Xbox achievement junkie. Did you hear this at all? No, no, go ahead. So, I have, I think I have, I'm approaching 400,000 achievement points and getting the hiccups. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) so, 400,000 achievement points, like, that's pretty tough to get. Most people I see are around, like, 50,000. I've got about 1,400. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, the writer of the Mortal Kombat script, has 1.5 million achievement points, uh, which puts him in the top 50 in the world for achievement points and the top 15 in the U.S. Interesting. Which is kind of crazy for somebody that has, like, a real job doing like <laughs> things that are not playing achievement po- or playing video games. Cause like stallion, uh, and like Smirnov that are like the super high achievement guys, like stallion just plays video games. Like he's just basically a, a gamer influencer. Um, and I believe Smirnov has a real job, but he's also seems like he's got a lot of time on his hands. So I was I was very surprised, and then that also made me like I, I really wish in that article I read that they would have said what his gamer tag was because I really wanted to look at his achievement list once I saw how much how many points he supposedly had. Mm, me- measuring up that epine, yeah, yeah. I, I really like like that was one of the things I liked doing when I worked at GameStop was like for the regular customers that I liked, I would get their gamer tag not because I wanted to play games with them. Um, because I'm kind of weird and like, I, I play games with like my set group of people and don't branch out much from there, but I liked looking at what they played because I liked getting an idea of like who they were as a gamer. Sure. And, and also like if I saw somebody got at a thousand achievement points in a game that I also did or that I, I played a lot and then I would look at their other games that they got like they completed i might be like oh well if they completed this and also this game that i didn't play it might be worth looking into it so yeah i'm i'm kind of an achievement creeper (laughs) nice well you know what's funny about that i don't think you and i have ever played a game together 
Have we ever played anything uh, together? Not online, we, like maybe locally or something, but... We locally played Bloodborne on release. And I got really jealous because you came over to my house and we played it on two TVs. And you were talking to your... Uh, you were talking to your people in your chat because you were streaming it and not talking to me on the couch next to you. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was great. That was a good time. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, ah, oh, it's like he's not even here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to do that again sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so in, in closing, what I would say about the Mortal Kombat movie is just that I don't understand what people's expectations were. So I went in with ultimately zero expectations for that movie and it was fine. You know, like if you go in expecting it to be like the best video game movie you've ever seen, I think you'll be disappointed. I think if it's, if you're going in to expect like a great movie, you're going to be disappointed. But if you go in being like, it's a cheesy video game to movie adaptation, that's not too bad. And the special effects are pretty good. And the fight scenes are pretty good. Then yeah, I think you'll like it. It's worth watching for free. Now, if I had paid to see, I paid like 10 or 12 dollars to see in the theater john i don't know you know i mean I'm, I'm, yeah. I, might, I might have a different perspective but um yeah ultimately if, if i think you it's have fine. hbo max watch it yeah. yeah if you like games and you like yeah exactly just watch it it's free if you have H- now would you sign up for a free trial hbo max to use for, i don't know if i'd waste a free trial <laughs> to see it <laughs> but I, I but if you had it and it's free you might as well yeah, I thought it was interesting that I saw a lot of people say, like, oh, the first 10 minutes are great, and then after that it falls off a cliff. I didn't find the first 10 minutes to be that riveting, personally. No, I thought that movie took quite a bit of time to get going, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought that took a, a quite a bit of time. Um, but, anyway, without further ado, let's talk this Days Gone sitch. So... I have a I have a link up because I I wanted to say I want to I want to show where it all started and it all started with I believe Schreier was the one who broke the news on it um, yeah from from his report at Bloomberg and basically the headline was Sony Bend that's the studio tried unsuccessfully to pitch Days Gone two if you don't know what Days Gone is it's a PS4 exclusive it's um actually is it on PC. Now uh, no. it's coming. It's to coming PC. to PC. So so it's a PS4 exclusive. It's an open world zombie apocalypse game, and you play as a biker named John St. John. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Deacon Jones or something. <laughs> John Deacon. I don't. I don't remember the stupid guy's name. Generic hero, action hero number one. That's Joe Everyman. So yeah, <laughs> Gary Every Guy. Um. So it's fine I, I remember playing it and thinking i didn't finish it i remember playing it and thinking yeah this is fine it's probably a six or seven out of ten it's fine i guess that's how i remember it you know i i didn't love it i know a lot of people really liked it and a lot of people really didn't like it but anyway it's it's so it's a sony exclusive um and so this is the report from bloomberg a report from bloomberg states that days gone developer sony ben tried unsuccessfully to pitch a sequel for its game in the months following its release in April of 2019. Despite the fact that Days Gone made a profit, a lengthy development process and mixed critical reception meant that Sony decided not to take the series forward. And then it goes on to say things like, instead of working on a new Days Gone game, Sony members of Sony Bend Studio were assigned to help Naughty Dog with a multiplayer game, which is probably The Last of Us 2 multiplayer. <laughs> I don't know what else it would be. Um, others were reportedly asked to make a new Uncharted game with supervision from Naughty Dog. So that's kind of, so basically instead of allowing Bend to make a sequel to their first AAA 
game, AAA console game, they were asked instead to be a backup studio kind of again. And Ben's history, ultimately, like, and I don't take anything away from them when I say this, ultimately what Ben did in the past was they took established franchises and they were in charge of making portable versions of those games. They worked on portable versions of Siphon Filter for the PSP and they worked on um, Uncharted Golden Abyss for the PlayStation Vita, which is a, is a f- great game. So it's, so they're a talented studio. And then, but Days Gone was kind of their, like, we're ramping up full production, we're hiring a bunch of new people. Like, this is... This is your magnum opus, but like this is your shot, and so that's why there's a lot of news about this, right? Saying basically that, well, they're not getting their next game in the series because the game didn't do well enough. Now, were they the studio tasked with making the Last of Us remaster, or was that somebody else? Um, so I don't think they've actually said that that's an official thing yet. Like I know that the rumors out there, but I don't think that that's. That well, because that was part of the article well, as well was that they that they were working on like a Last of Us remaster of the first Last of Us for PS5, which makes zero sense, right, to that, be made at all. So, so that was in the Schreier article that they were supposedly tasked with making that game. Uh, I, I it could be. Um, I don't remember because I remember. I remember, I I remember, remember something that like news that. story like yeah. a couple weeks ago, and like my first reaction when I heard that was like, why the hell are they making a remaster? of a game they've already remastered on PS4 that you can play on PS5 and looks fine. Well, <laughs> like, it might and it might have to be a remake. Like it it might have like it might be more like cuz you know that's the thing there's remakes, remasters, reimaginings. So, but they may right. sound like a remaster, but they literally have Last of Us remastered on PS4, so it'd have to be like a Last of Us remake. But why would you remake and, a game that came out in you know, I don't know. When did it come out? Yeah, 2013? 2013. Yeah, yeah but I mean, like, like I look at that game and like, while yes, it's eight years old, it it was pretty photorealistic when it came out. Like, it was an impressive looking game in 2013. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah, it's, it's not game. one of those, like, there's there's so many other games that, that Sony created that I would want a remaster of or a remake of before last of us one yeah yeah exactly so so besides all that right so then you're right that was kind of the weird thing about the news and it was like it wasn't it wasn't great anyway but that's what kind of kicked it off so then david jaffe um who is an ex-game developer he's not currently developing games he could develop games again i'm sure uh you might know him he was the director of god the original god of war uh, twisted metal games throughout the years like the, the the dude's got his chops um he had a few he's tried a few indie games in the past that haven't been super successful and then um basically now he's a youtuber <laughs> so um which is uh, at first you know i'll tell you at first i thought it was kind of sad but you know what it's not because we need to stop idolizing these game developers and acting like just because they make the things that we love doesn't mean that they're like these it's almost like actors and actresses too. Like they're still real people. And like, it's kind of this weird idolization of people like that, especially game developers. Like, you know, like when they get this high profiles, like an actor, actress, it's kind of weird to me, you know? Yeah. His show is interesting. Like he does long, long ass interviews with people like the, the interview with, uh, this creative, former creative director of Sony bend was a four hour interview. Yeah. And then he did a, 
he did a three-hour interview with the the two guys from Limited Run Games, and like I I fast forwarded to like midway through the Limited Run interview, and just like a thirty-second snippet of that interview was like, oh shit, this is really interesting. I didn't listen to it because uh, I actually I tweeted at David Jaffe and I asked him if he was going to upload it as a podcast because like I I I don't have time to just like turn on a, a three-hour YouTube video, but I could listen to a three-hour podcast while I'm doing my job. So, so it it definitely is, like, he's putting out content that I feel like I want to start looking into uh, on his podcast, or on his interviews. Um, I'm just hoping that he does a better job of getting it out uh, in more ways than just watching it on YouTube. Sure, and, and ultimately, like, he's got connections to get interviews with really interesting people so i i think it's cool and he's got enough clout where someone like would want to be you know would want to talk to him so he had on john garvin and he he was a he was a (laughs) he was working on days gone i think he was the writer i think he wrote it and then he was a designer for the game as well and he he left bend right after the game shipped so he doesn't work there anymore but he had him on there to talk about things and during this like you said this four-hour interview he, uh, they had just, uh, this is one in April, they added days gone to the PlayStation plus library. So now it's free to play. So if you've never played days gone and you have PlayStation plus, you can download it for free. And he was asked by David Jaffe, if he's heard anything about any meaningful uptick of engagement with days gone since the game was added to the PlayStation plus collection. And here is his reply to that question. This is John Garvin quote. I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest and it might piss some of them off. Garvin replied, if you love a game, buy it at fucking full price. I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, yeah, I got that on sale. I got it through PS Plus, whatever. But uh, So that's what he kind of said, right? So that's the headline that got pulled out for all the news articles. And everybody was saying, well, you know, what a, what a shitty thing to say, right? You're blaming, the, you're blaming your customers, blah, blah. Now I'm going to keep going because, the, and then I want to kind of come back to this a little bit. Um, because David, to, to David Jaffe's credit, he replied back with, but how do you know you love a game until you've played it? <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's kind of throwing it back to the developer, like, what? so you're expecting us to plunk this money down without playing it or having a demo or anything, and and then that's that's our only choice? And he replies, I'm just saying you don't, but don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch. It's like God of War got whatever number millions of sales at launch, and, you know, Days Gone didn't. I'm just speaking for me personally as a developer. I don't work for Sony. I don't know what the numbers are. And then he goes on to say, and this is where it gets like, there's so many parts to this. Uh, He goes on to say, I can tell you that when we were doing Siphon Filter Dark Mirror on PSP. Okay, so that's, I don't know, John, when did that come out, you think? 2006? (laughs) Uh, Probably, yeah. We got, this is his words, his quote. We got so fucked on Dark Mirror because piracy was a thing and Sony really wasn't caught up on what piracy was doing to sales we would show them torrents a torrent site had 200,000 copies of dark mirror being downloaded if i remember it right the numbers could be wrong but regardless i was pissed about it and i was like this is money out of my pocket so then he goes on to say so i think the uptick engagement with the game is not as important as did you buy the game at full price because if you did, then that's supporting the developers directly. So that's kind of the, the full context of the conversation. And so the first thing I want to say is ultimately 
he's not wrong. <laughs> um, if a game doesn't sell well initially, then it's probably not going to get a sequel. You know, I mean, that's like that's like basic shit. That's not that's not earth shattering. But I, right. I had a couple links in the email I sent you, John, and I'm just going to go through them very quickly. So these are some of the days gone reviews from when the game came out. These are some of the headlines. IGN. Frantic hordes of zombies are exciting, but the world and repetition aren't. Polygon. Days Gone review. A repetitive apocalypse. Days Gone uh, wired. Uh, hold on, I gotta accept these cookies first. Days Gone review. <laughs> so bad, it's funny. <laughs> the time, time, Time Magazine, everybody. You respect their video game reviews, right? Uh, Days Gone saves the best for last, but it's too little, too late. So... Those are just some of the reviews plucked from, you know, from the launch of the game. Now, when it came Mm -hmm. out, it was buggy. It had issues. That doesn't make a bad game, necessarily. A good game can still have bugs and issues when it comes out that get fixed over time. Like I said in the beginning of the the segment, I felt like the game was essentially a 6 or 7 out of 10. I thought it was fine. I thought it was very average. I thought for a a studio's first AAA console you know, uh, like, um, original game. I thought it was pretty decent, like good on them. I was happy for them. And it made me think, okay, I would play like a days gone Two if it came out, you know, and I, and for the record, yeah. I bought days gone on day one. So <laughs> I am one of the people supporting the development. Um, but I get really frustrated with a couple things here and I'm going to have a question for you somewhere in here, but I'm just kind of going off the top of my head while I have this all fresh, but so there is a little bit of customer blaming here, which is irritating because as, as you, as you know, and I know us selling games for a very long time, video games are this weird sort of ecosystem. And I know on gaming Twitter and podcast Twitter, you know, you think that you're the average gamer, like people listening to this. If you think you're the average gamer, you are very wrong. The average gamer uh, has no idea when games come out. They don't care when games come out. They still think Legend of Zelda is on the PlayStation. It doesn't like that is your average and below average gamer. So a lot of times, like if you and this is what was so frustrating about him asking the question about the PlayStation Plus adding Days Gone for free. And he almost scoffs at the idea that getting new people to play the game, even if it's for free, wouldn't somehow have an impact on that game getting a sequel in the future. If if that game gets a bunch of downloads and a bunch of positive reviews, of course that game is going to get a sequel. I mean, it's part of it's part of all the information they're gathering internally at Sony. Yeah, well, I think it's a weird question to to have been asked by Jaffe of this guy because he left almost immediately after the launch of that game. Right, and I almost wonder so, if he wasn't involved in the pitch for the sequel anyway. I don't believe he was. The um, So, it, Jaffe kind of pulls it out of him that he was fired by Sony. Um, uh, because, it, like, honestly, the guy sounds like he's pretty abrasive. Yeah. Uh, and opinionated. Like, I, my reaction to what he said, and he said multiple things in that interview that, like, that aren't just related to, to this story where I was like, this guy sounds like a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not surprised that Sony let him go. I do think like, I am kind of surprised that they're not doing a sequel to days gone because um, 
as working at GameStop during the launch of Days Gone, it sold very well. And yeah, I knew uh, I knew about the negative press, but when I asked customers when they were like after they had bought it or if they were trading it in what they thought, generally everybody was pretty positive on it. Um and like he's he says that like like buy the game at full price. I would be surprised if Sony doesn't look at data and analytics that they're getting from uh, gamers downloading games and how much they're playing them and if they go back to them to determine whether a game is good enough to get a sequel. Because there are there are plenty of games where like they get a sequel not immediately but like years down the line where you're like, really? They made a sequel to that? Right. Um, well, yeah, so totally. I, I'm I I would be shocked if if that game was absolutely buried in the ground dead never going to get a sequel like this guy kind of makes it sound like because you never know like the right now nobody's got freaking ps5s to sell so while while that game is in that playstation collection that you can get access to for free when you have a ps5 there's not enough people that have ps5s to really like consider that crap i don't feel like and there's so many games in that PS yeah, PS Plus collection that that it might take a while before somebody finally gets to Days Gone. So I I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that Sony might look at that game again based on on people getting new fresh eyes on it. Yeah, and to to quote what you were saying, so later in the interview, David Jaffe seeks to clarify his reason for leaving Sony Bend. And he's, and this is Jaffe says, me reading between the lines would suggest that you were fired from Bend because you were a disruptive personality and that working with, and that worked with a smaller team and a medium-sized team. But as the budgets and the stakes got higher and the number of people that had to work on the team got bigger, that personally, at least according to that company, was no longer the right fit. Would you agree with that? To which Garvin replied, definitely. <laughs> so like he admits that he was like a, he- like a shit ass. He also said some like gamer gatey like I believe he used the term SJW at some point in that interview as well, which generally if you're saying that, I'm putting you into a category of I I'm probably not gonna listen to you much for your opinions. Yeah, yeah. Well and I wanna I wanna kinda go down a few of these other points. The next thing I wanna talk about is this He's talking about how, you know, God of War had whatever number millions of sales and, you know, Days Gone didn't. Well, okay, you're correct. So, like, if you're complaining about people not... Why why, why the fuck do you think people bought God of War? I mean, yes, it's an established franchise, but it was a total reboot of the series. It had a massive chance to probably flop. I actually wasn't sure how good it was going to be until I got my hands on it. Um, but like he's, he's, he's acting like the only, the only one that was, you know, the only game in the whole world that had to deal with this was his game. And then he got screwed somehow. And it's like, God of War did it. Spider-Man. I mean, yes, it's Spider-Man as a comic book is, is an established IP. I mean, I get that, but like, you know, it just, (laughs) there's a reason why the game didn't get the sales. Now I, I will say, and this is something I, I have bookmarked here because this is something I wanted to bring up. This was a Twitter interaction I had with Alana Pierce and she actually works 
for Sony now. She works at Santa Monica Studios now. But this was some... So she did like a review and she was talking about the game when it came out. And she said something like, Honestly, it's sad when a game doesn't meet expectations or is a letdown. I never want that for any studio. Sony Ben definitely clearly tried and I admire their obvious ambition. It just isn't in the league of PlayStation's other exclusives. And then I actually retweeted that and I said, and this is what I said. I said, but what what was the expectation? This studio's first AAA console game was supposed to be as good as Insomniac and Santa Monica Studios' recent games. And I said, shouldn't a professional reviewer have zero expectations going in and not compare it to other people? It's interesting to think about. And I said, I'm not attacking Alana, by the way, I'm just saying. Which, of course, I didn't get uh, I didn't get a reply from her, which is totally fine. You don't get replies from blue check marks usually. Um, but then it was funny because <laughs> I had somebody else who, who I talk to on Twitter occasionally. I know him. He's, he's a good guy, but he's definitely more of an Xbox fan. And he said that that it's a first-party title from Sony, and it's supposed to be that those games are the best, so people are going to s- assume it's on the same level. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of it, you know? Like, you know, th- that was kind of the idea was, like, everyone's expectation was it's a Sony first-party game, so it's got to just be slamming. Now, and, and obviously maybe Sony did too. Um, he went on to say... Um, because he was asked about the reviews that it got, the first wave of Days Gone reviews. And he replies, I took it hard, to be honest, because again, this is just the reality of Sony. Metacritic score is everything. If you're the creative director on a franchise and your game is coming out to a 70, you're not going to be the creative director on that franchise for very long. I mean, and he's not wrong, you know, but this was also, there was something really weird about this game when it came out. Um, if you remember, John, I, I don't know, because this is years ago now, but here's what I remember. About six months before the game came out, there was like a there was like a, a review session or a demo playthrough where they invited a bunch of media to play the game. Everybody left with the same comments that the game was not very good and there were issues with it. It was really <laughs> weird, and every site was reporting on that. It was this really, it almost felt like a hit job because you, you felt like everyone had the exact same opinion that this game was crap. Then, you know, the game got delayed, I think, after that, and then they pushed something back, and then the game comes out, and once again, which again, I actually think it's an accurate review, but almost literally everyone had the same review of the game. (laughs) So, like, everybody was saying, well, it's a 7 out of 10, it's a 6 or 7 out of 10, which again, that's my opinion as well, but it was weird how, like, all the game journals that, that do this for a living all magically have the same thoughts about the game. And, and so, yeah, there was, there was some weird, something weird going on with that game, whether it was how it was shown to them or how it was revealed to be played by them. I don't know, but you know, to compare it to the likes of God of War and Spider-Man, like it should never have been compared to them. So Sony shouldn't compare it to them and maybe shouldn't have given them the same budget, which I, I, I doubt they had the same budget as those two games, even though they talk about the budget issues they had. But that shouldn't be our expectations as customers either. Our expectation should yeah. never be that this game was going to be as good as God of War. I mean, you're going to put this, you're going to put Bend, who just hired like 150 new people, up to Santa Monica? I mean, come on. So I, I guess in there, because I have another point I want to make, but I want to, I want to give the floor to you a little bit, John. Like, do you remember, like, like, did you play it when it came out? And what were your like early impressions of the game when it came out? I didn't play it, and I still haven't played it. I think I installed it on my PS5 because uh, I, I want to give it a try. But zombie games, I'm I'm kind of particular on zombie games. 
and I don't like the endless horde zombie games, and I don't like the games where like you can't clear out an area and then explore. And I feel like that's the impression I get from Days Gone is it it seems like the kind of game where like they're always throwing a hundred zombies at you. Like I've I've seen videos of like the character like running and having like a wave of zombies running after him. Mm-hmm. And so like because of that I really never played it. I, I have I've had it since launch. Um uh GameStop gave me a free code for it. I just never played it. <laughs> I didn't even play it when it was free. Yikes. Nope. Um, so the the last thing I want to talk about with the comments he made, and there was a good interview, like it's worth watching if you're into this stuff. Um, but he, you know, the thing about the, the torrent sites. So he claims that we went to a torrent site and there were 200,000 copies of dark mirror being downloaded. So that's not a thing. That's not something you can see in torrent information. So I don't know what he's talking about here. The only thing I could think of is if maybe there were 200,000 seeds. So like that's people who had downloaded the game and then were seeding the game for other people to download. But okay. I don't think I don't think there's any way in hell that that game got close to 200,000. If you like if you look up right now like something really popular like like the newest episode of Game of Thrones or whatever, you'd have like 50 to 100,000 copies of that being seated at any given time. Mm-hmm. So like that that's like that was like the biggest show on the planet for a while. And so <laughs> again, I don't know where he got this number from. It even says like the numbers could be wrong, but regardless, they basically what he's saying is they saw copies being illegally downloaded. What yeah, I, I don't think there's 200,000 people that have hacked PSPs. There's not there's not 200,000 people that want to play Dark Mirror. I mean, come on. Right, I'm like, sorry. Siphon like, Filter was so dead at that point. Like, I love Siphon Filter 1 and 2. 3 was already kind of getting stale. Omega Strain damn near killed the franchise on PS2 because the game was just not good. And then they started doing PSP ports. And then they did PS2 ports of the PSP games. And, like, the the franchise was dead at that point. And they're, they're arguing that, like, the game was some masterpiece or something? Come on. Yeah. Do you have a hacked PSP? Yes. Okay. I do not. <laughs> it's super It's super easy right now, though. Like, it literally just goes right over your old PSP. You don't have to... It doesn't matter what firmware you're on or anything. It's great. Um. Yeah. <laughs> anyway so but then i thought and i actually tried to get this number i put on my vpn and i started going nuts looking at torrent sites because i was trying to figure out how many copies of say something like spider-man was getting downloaded at any given moment because mm-hmm. spider-man is a is is a huge selling game and i wanted to see well hey can i see how many people are seeding an illegal copy of spider-man i'll be honest man i couldn't find any i couldn't find any copies of like sony first party games on any of the major torrent sites so i'm sure i would have had to dig a little bit deeper but I was at work and I didn't feel like going to jail. So I turned my VPN <laughs> off and I stopped searching. Um, but I don't know, it, you know, like stuff like this. So this this is going to be a little bit ranty because I've had this, I've actually had this conversation with Jaffe in little quips on Twitter before. But you can tell, and this is the same with Jaffe too because he's realizing this now that he does a YouTube channel and he interacts with, with gamers, is that developers are very, very far removed from understanding how this whole thing works. They're brilliant minds and they're great at crafting a fun, playable experience. 
They don't know shit about their customers and they don't know shit about the business. That's all. I mean, that's all I can say when I hear somebody like this talk. And I'm not saying all developers, obviously, like there's I'm sure there's some that do that wear both hats and understand mm-hmm. how it works. But like this guy and even Jaffe to an extent, because me and him have gone back and forth about the used game argument. And he thinks that every used game sold is destroying is taking money out of his pocket and destroying that game's success. When what I saw over the course of 11 years at GameStop and 10 years in my own store is that used games at a cheap price often bring people into an ecosystem. If you've never played an Assassin's Creed game before, you're probably not going to buy one full price for 60 bucks. If you got a used one for $10 and you liked it, you're probably going to pick up the next one used for 40 and then you'll get the next one new when it comes out because you don't want to wait for it. You know, so right. like good games sell. Used games bring people into the ecosystem and introduce people to your games. Now, along with that, you'll agree with me on this, I think. Along with that, GameStop abused that relationship badly. The idea that people would bring up a new game and we were trained to say, hey, we have a used copy, would you rather buy a used one instead, say five bucks? That that was like we were someone wanted to buy a new one and we pulled the old switcheroo, you know? And so, like, I never liked how GameStop pushed that, even though that's how they that company survived and strived. I mean, they, the only thing they made money on was used games. So, so I understand that argument of it. The GameStop side, I'll never, like, stick up for them on that because I feel like that was the wrong thing to do. And they took advantage of their market at that time. They were the largest video game retailer. They had all the, they had all the leverage. And so these big companies couldn't do anything. But that's not the same as people just buying used games in general like the idea that physical media can be you know you lend a game to a friend and then they'll give that back to you they didn't buy days gone but maybe they're getting ready to buy days gone too if it comes out because they loved the first one but they weren't going to play it in the first place if they didn't get it for free you know and so it's it's, it's just really it, it, it's it's annoying to me how out of touch designers and developers can be with how the customers are and that's not their job so they don't have to be but you know don't make comments like this and you and and a lot of the people attacking him were saying things like, you know, not everyone has money to buy every game and this and that. And I don't think he was trying to attack people that don't have the money, but he was, you know, he was, he was missing the point is that with all the games that come out nowadays, we can't, we literally can't buy every game. (laughs) I know very few people that buy every game. And so if you buy every single game that, I mean, like if you don't buy every single game that you want to buy, then you're somehow not, you're not helping the developers. And ultimately it's not really what he said, right? What he said was if you, you can't cry about there not being a sequel, if you didn't buy the game at launch. And I can kind of see that argument a little bit, you know, like if, if you're, if you waited and got the game for free and then you're like, man, it sucks that they didn't make a sequel. Like, well, yeah, cause you didn't, <laughs> you know, like that. I agree with him on that stance, you know, and that's where he kind of started. But then he went on to argue that, you know, the game was stolen and blah, blah. And people didn't like it. People didn't like the game. I'm sorry. You know, it didn't sell because people didn't like it. Well, it's also, (laughs) it's a shitty attitude to have to somebody that may have came to your game late. Like he's basically saying, Hey, if you weren't a day one invested fan, like then, then fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Because you didn't give us full money. And so therefore like, yeah, you may love our game right now, but you only paid twenty dollars for it as a greatest hit. You didn't you didn't buy it at sixty bucks when it came out. And that fan is just as valid. Like if he loves your game, he's he's just as valid as the guy that paid sixty bucks for it 
and may not have liked it that much. Like, everybody that's a fan of your shit, you should be thankful for. Well, you know what, John? I'm glad you brought that up. Because there was a quote, after all this was kind of going on, about a week after all, Eric Jensen, who is the current uh, lead designer for uh, Sony Bend, came out and said he he thanks all the fans for playing regardless of how much money they spent. So he said, here was his tweet. He said, whether you picked up Days Gone on day one, borrowed it from a friend, watched someone else play it, or tried it on PS Now or PS Plus, I appreciate you. Thank you for playing our game. The outpouring of love and support that our game and our studio has been incredible. Like, and again, I mean, I know this is probably PR stuff because even though that guy doesn't work at Sony Bend anymore, he was attached to them uh, in mm. that way. So they're obviously they had to say something to try to get because so, there was a quite a bit of backlash to that. And so a little bit of it was that, but also, it, you know, and again, I'm not saying developers have to kiss the customer's ass either. <laughs> I mean, this it's a relationship. It's, it's, it's a transaction. You make something fun and I'll give you money. Like, it's not that complicated. People are always overcomplicating this, uh, this whole relationship. <laughs> Let's make a good yeah. game and I'll buy it. It's not that freaking hard. Um, but yeah, it just, I don't know. It just, it, to me, it shows a disconnect between that level. And, and like I said, even with Jaffe, you know, cause he's, he's starting to, you know, read comments and interact with these fans. And he's like, he's like flabbergasted that people don't understand how stuff works. And I'm like, dude, this, what did you think that all the people that played your game were like fucking college graduates, you know, like they're all, they're all sitting around, you know, fucking drinking tea and <laughs> playing squash. Like, what are, what are we doing? You know, like, no, they're half of them are meatballs, dude. <laughs> and the other, and the other half are, and the other half are console warrior morons. So like, we're the, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what, what do you expect, you know? I, Oh, my God, it's just... Uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad he's being, like, exposed to it. And I might be, <clears throat> and you might be a little more sensitive to it because we did... We, we were in the trenches for, you know... I've been in the trenches for two decades. You were in the trenches for almost two decades. I mean, it just... You know, you, we deal with these people all the time. And, and like, the, a lot of these people are, you know... I don't know. They're they're like the people they're interacting with on Twitter. That's that, that's what they're like. So. so yeah, it's I do like Jaffe does do a decent interview though. Like he asks some good questions and like like holding that dude's feet to the fire and and being like I'm reading between the lines and it sounds like you yeah, got fired. Great. Like to have the balls to say that to somebody that you've been interviewing for like three hours is is I like that I, and I think that getting that window into the development side of things is interesting. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to more interviews that he's doing. Yeah. And and I, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't feel this way because I know I'm just kind of being like a prick about it. So I'm, I'm fully admitting this now, but like, I also find it weird that he starts like his own Patreon and then he's got like, you know, people donating upwards of $50 a month, you know, giving to him for like the perks of being in his like special elite club. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe the guy doesn't have money left over for things. I mean, he's not currently designing games, so I don't know if maybe that's where he's making his money. But it just seems like I hate that. I, I, I really dislike someone who has already like a pre-established amount of fame or clout and then using that to kick off like 
uh, a Patreon for, for getting extra money from the fans that just want to interact with you. Like it feels scummy to me, like really badly. And, and, and it doesn't take anything away from him. Like I do like him, uh, well enough. Like I like his interactions. I, 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 I guess I would say I understand where he's coming from on a lot of political views. I kind of, I'm kind of aligned with him that way. Um, mm-hmm. but, but for instance, and I don't know if this is just something he's just doing to do, but he keeps tweeting about how much he loves days gone. Like he's been doing it for a whole week. He just keeps <laughs> tweeting out weird. like, yeah, it's, it is really weird. And then he said something, here's what he said about one of the things. And this made me think of it when the game was getting kind of crapped on, but he said something like this. Is one of my favorite things about days gone is that I, you know, I look at the map and I'm not bogged down with stuff to do. I don't feel like there's a million things pulling me in a million directions. One of the days gone developers responded to that tweet and said something along the lines of, we actually designed it that way. Did you notice that we don't even have to have a, he said, we don't even have to have a filter so that you can find certain things on the map. Basically bragging about there not being that much shit to do. You know, like, <laughs> I, I mean, that was like the worst, the worst brag I've ever heard. He's like bragging about how like empty the game is basically. I don't know. So, but no, I'm with you and I'm excited to see more of his stuff. I do like his, like, here, here's what I don't like about him. Okay. His Twitter profile pic irritates the shit on me. His, his thumbnails, he's doing the clickbaity thing where it's always like, you know, is Sony dead with a big question mark? And you're like, just, can you just, man, I hate that shit, you know? Like, I don't know. And then all of his thumbnails always have like his stupid face with this. Like, like he's trying to do like if he was a 20-year-old YouTuber like five years ago when everyone was doing like, they got to have your big face like with this stupid like old face smile. And you're just like, just come on, man. You're like a 50-year-old <laughs> dude. Can you just, you know, and I guess part of it is because I wish he would and this is just me being selfish, but like, I wish he would talk to people on their level. Like he doesn't need to stoop. Like uh, you don't need to do that stuff, man. Like he's got good knowledge. He's, he's got a following. He's got good knowledge. He doesn't need to like, I don't know. He doesn't need to slum it <laughs> with these like shitty small YouTubers, you know? But anyway, that's, that's all I got to say about that. I don't know. It, it just, and it's, right. it's already a week old, but it, I was passionate about that one, man. I really, oh, that was a good one. So anyway, that was fun. That was a fun little jaunt. Let's get into, uh, this is going to be a little extra long segment because John has his pickup pile of the week set aside. I, I'll be honest, John, I actually redid my whole game room. So I put all my games away already, but I have a list of the ones that I recently put in. Um, and I can do that. So we're going to talk about our pickup piles of the week. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, John? You want to go back and forth or do you want to do one at a time? Like do one person at a time. Um, I mean, how much do you got? Uh, I I feel like if, if we go back and forth, I feel like it would take longer. Okay. Fair enough. Then you, you hit me with your list. I I don't have that many, so. Okay. All right. So I'll start with Xbox. Um, I got an Xbox, original Xbox game that I haven't ever seen before. And, uh, I have not bought a new original Xbox game in a long time. I got Operation Flashpoint Elite, uh, which is actually a Bohemia Interactive game. Um, All right, so moving on to Xbox One, uh, Let's Sing Country. Um, House Flipper by Renovate Cell. Uh, So I actually got the full 1,000 achievement points in this game last week. And, like, I kind of was just playing it. Like, I put it in, and I was like, ah, let's see how shitty this is. I got all of the achievements, and I really had (laughs) a lot of fun. It's like, it's just zen, like, 
like and and there's a lot of like easter eggs in this game like um so you start buying like you do like odd handyman crap around houses for people to earn money so that way you can you can then buy a house and start flipping them and so once i started getting the ability to buy a house and and do work on it uh there's a ton of houses that are in movies and tv shows so one of the houses is straight up the house from breaking bad (laughs) nice uh complete with the pizza on the garage roof um the like everything is pretty damn perfect as far as when you walk into the house and what it looks like uh and it looks like his house after it's been trashed by vandals (laughs) um the house the house from home alone is in the game uh and like it does a really good job of like wherever you'd you'd expect to find traps in the house they're there and they they put a lot of like stuff and assets in the game that are only used in these special houses so like they went out of their way to have like piles of feathers and tar <laughs> to put into the the dining room where the guys get tarred and feathered like so so yeah house flipper i had a hell of a lot of fun with and i did not expect it um i picked up cyberpunk for xbox one you, um, you didn't have that already i have the console but not the disc itself oh okay okay sorry continue um, on uh, Dying Light Anniversary Edition, which on Xbox, if anybody's wondering, all of the download content is on the disc. Um, and I mainly bought it because I was interested in um, Techland canceled a game called Hell Raid uh, like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And after they canceled it, they actually adopted what they were working on and put it into Dying Dying Light. Interesting. Um so you can kind of play that Hell Raid game within Dying Light. I don't know how the hell to access that content yet, uh, but uh, it is on that anniversary edition, along with a ton of other crap. Um, I bought the My Hero One's Justice, which is a really terrible name for a game based on an anime <laughs> uh, called My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Override 2 Super Mech League, the Ultraman Deluxe Edition. Uh, this game sucks. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, picked up Little Nightmares 2, um, which I was playing, and then Lyra came in. I was like, I should stop playing, so that way my daughter <laughs> doesn't have nightmares that she talks to her therapist about 20 years from now. Um... I picked up Desperados 3. Uh, and as far as Xbox... Or, oh, there's two Xbox games left. Um, I, DLC, or DCL League, the game, it's Drone Champions League. Yeah, did I see a tweet about that, right? Like, you you were... It was too yeah, fast I, for you or something? I, don't, I forget what it was. I fired this up last night thinking, like, oh, I'll fly some drones around. And, like, like I kind of had this idea in my head of, like, how it was going to control and like i was very 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 wrong uh, like, <laughs> they don't they don't give you any sort of tutorial like so it's just like the options are start game and so i like started a race 
and I just immediately like was like on the ground upside down <laughs> or like flying like diagonally sideways up into the sky. <laughs> like I was like, I can't imagine finishing a race, let alone winning a race <laughs> in this game. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I, I looked at the achievements and I was just like, holy crap. Like, like if this game had one achievement for a thousand points of just finish a lap, I don't think I could get it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like flying a real drone where it's just impossible yeah. without crashing. I'm, I'm very glad I never bought an actual drone because if, if they control like that, I would have wasted $700. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, this is the one I was most excited about uh, that I got. Uh, near replicant uh whole bunch of numbers edition mm -hmm. uh for xbox one um i'm so i'm playing through that um and i played a little bit of near gestalt when it came out on 360 10 12 years ago and um and i always wondered what the difference between replicant and gestalt was because they're two different games um the one we got was the Americanized version with the ugly Gary Busey guy. <laughs> and now that I'm playing through it, they're very, they're pretty much the same game with a different protagonist. Um, and then like the timing is a little bit different in that, like the, um, the, this version supposedly takes place like five years before the, the ugly Gary Busey edition. Mm. Um, but from the early part of the game that I'm playing, I, I'm remembering pretty much the same crap. So so it's it's weird to play a, an alternate version of a game that you've already played. Yeah, like you like you're having it's almost like more like deja vu because you're remembering things but it's not the same but it's same enough where it's triggering it. <laughs> yes. Uh so moving on to Switch, um I got Railway Empire and Robotic Notes Double Pack. Both of these were on clearance at Best Buy for like 10 bucks. Um so I picked those up. Uh, I've got Deadly Premission 2. Uh, I figured I'd buy this before I feel like it's going to get impossible to find. And, oh, just threw it across the room. Oh, um, nice. I got a copy of Hades, <laughs> uh, which I played a little bit of. I haven't gotten super wrapped up in it. Um, it is a game that I wish was on PlayStation or Xbox. Um, for the new 3DS only, uh, I got Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. Um, uh, moving on to Vita. Oh, Vita! Um, oh, that's a, that's a rare appearance. Both of these I got from your store. Um, so I got a big shiny box of the Code Realize Limited Edition. Um, I, I should say Code Realize Winter Tide Miracles because there's like 19 <laughs> of these boy dating simulator <laughs> games. Um, <laughs> and then this is a big one um, I mentioned it earlier but I picked up Arno Surge Plus Ode to an Unborn Star which this game on Vita the only way to get a physical copy was to buy this collector's edition from uh, I believe it was Nissa's website like what was it, like four or five years ago and I think they made like maybe 5,000 copies maybe um, so I picked that up from your store. 
you still there? You got really quiet. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm just okay. Okay. I'm just. just I'm enthralled with your collection. All right. <laughs> We're on to PlayStation, and then I'm done. All right. Okay. Uh, so I picked up Descenders, the downhill BMX biking game, uh, which is pretty fun. Um, Umihara Kawasi Bazooka. Uh, which I think is like a Smash Brothers style game. I I could. Uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, which I is a side-scrolling RPG with farming in it. It's weird because the gameplay is side-scrolling like most of the time, and then once you get to the farming segment, it turns into a 3D action game. Interesting. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Guacamole One Two Punch Collection with the first and second game on it. That one was super cheap at GameStop. Uh, I picked up Doom Three VR, uh, which was a GameStop exclusive. That's correct. It was uh, Taxi Chaos, which is a blatant ripoff of Crazy Taxi. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. It's it's. It is Crazy Taxi. Like if if you want an if you want more Crazy Taxi, that is that game. Um, I picked up Catherine Full Body for PS4, and then I got some imports from PlayAsia. Uh, Bullet Girls Phantasma or Fantasia, uh, which is a game I will not play in front of my family because I will feel like a pervert. <laughs> uh, and then I got uh, this I will play in front of my family because I don't care because I really enjoy it. Um, I got Oni Chambara Origins. I am a big fan of the Oni Chambara series. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last few of them have been really really good. So I finally pulled the trigger and imported that and it's great. I like it. If you're a fan of the Onichambara Z Kugura 2 that was on the PS4. That one is also very good. Uh, and then I have been wanting this game for a while and it finally showed up cheap on uh, on Amazon because it, it was like 150 to $200 for quite a while. Um, I got Disaster Report for Summer Memories. Nice. I've not gotten mine yet but I did order that as well. So And, and you gave me the hot tip on that so thank you. Yeah, I got it really quick, actually. The guy, the guy shipped that up pretty damn quick. And um, for anybody that hasn't played Disaster Report, uh, it basically plays like like the old-school Resident Evil games, but instead of zombies and monsters, you are running from the entire world trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, like, a, so like, like a, some sort of event. and floods, yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> and like buildings on fire and and all this crazy stuff. And um, Disaster Report 4 originally was supposed to come out back in, like, 2011, 2012. And they delayed their game. Uh, Their company that made it is called Granzella. And they delayed their game because the the Fukushima power plant and tsunami disaster happened. And they ended up not being able to publish the game back then because of they didn't want to look like they were monopoly or uh what the hell's the word um taking advantage of of a disaster yeah and and so they they ended up canceling the game 
and the company went out of business. I believe it was Irem uh, originally, and then they re reorganized as Granzella, and they worked on making a new game, the Disaster Report series. So I am glad they're back. I love their brand of weird, almost shovelware disaster survival horror. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm glad that game ended up coming out because that was yeah, it was really unfortunate timing for them. And yep. Uh, so I am I wrapped up. That is everything I got. I think that was about 32 games. Uh, All right, that that felt <laughs> that felt like a lot. Felt like a lot. I got a lot of chores done. I was folding laundry and stuff while you did that, so it was great. Excellent. Um, <laughs> Going through your delicates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll, I'm going to be honest with you, John. I've probably added 50 to 100 games in my collection over the last couple weeks. And I'm not Holy gonna, crap. Yeah, I'm not going to go through them all, but I'll hit some of the highlights, uh, and I'll okay. go quick. So I got, for Switch, I got Hades as well, and I got a game called Tanuki Justice. Um, is that, that an American release? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's through huh. another physical printing, like weird. It's called. It's not VGNY. It's forget the name of it. But you should, you should get that. Um, I got okay. the Dreamcast collection for Xbox 360. I didn't have that somehow. Um, I got Cursed Mountain for the Wii. Uh, for the DS, I got the Thor God of Thunder game, which is a way forward game. And it's really good too. It's like a side scroller. Um, I got <laughs> for DS. I got a copy of Atelier Annie. I got a mint Ooh. box copy of Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Um, I had a lot of imports come in. I got some PS PS One imports like Popola Croy. Um, that Vib- was the second Popola Croy, wasn't it? No, I got the second one before, and this this was the first one okay. finally came in. I got Vib Ribbon physical finally. Um, I, I this actually I, I put some heavy hitters in my collection. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network Two complete mint in the box for GBA. Uh, I got the X Files game for PS2, which, if you don't know, is over 100 bucks now. And yep. I got a copy of Team Buddies for PS1. Those were like some of the games Ooh. that have been eluding me for a very long time. So, how much is Team Buddies worth? Because like back when I bought it, like shit, I feel like it was like 2004, 2003. It was like a 40 to 50 dollar game. So Team Buddies now is about 250 to 300. Holy shit. Yeah, so so it's up there. And now, funny story about Team Buddies. Team Buddies was the first game anyone ever asked me to put on hold for them if I ever got it. Okay. And spoiler alert, I've never gotten it in the store. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's never come through in 10 years. I've never seen That's one. That's crazy. And then I was, on, uh, I was on the Facebook Marketplace, and somebody was putting up all their PS1 games, and he had just a monster collection um so i got this and i got like that's where i got the x-files game from and i got carnage heart for ps1 couple other ones so just nice what what did you end up paying for team buddies um you know what i can find out let me take a look also did was uh was carnage heart expensive or or is that an expensive game now or no no i think it's like 30 dollars or something let me see okay um I have to go back to these old messages of the person I bought it from. Um, Carnage Heart, uh, for people that don't remember, I I had that as one of my game of the, the weeks months and months ago because it's a game that comes with a 
disc, an extra disc explaining how the hell to play it, as <laughs> well as a little strategy booklet in the box. Nice. I, I ended up paying about 170 for Team Buddies. That's what it came to. So, okay. So I'm pretty happy with the price on that. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, but all right. Well, hey, that is it, everybody. That's all we got for the podcast today. It was fun. It was good to get back. Um, I know you're thinking like, hey, we took that break and now you did two in two weeks. But um, I'm not sure what the schedule is going to be like. I kind of talked to John a little bit about it pre-show. And I think we're just going to do more of a when something jumps out at us, we'll hop on and talk about it. But we're not just going to do a podcast like just to do one. I think that's kind of silly. So, um, but uh, yeah, but it was good. And John, I, it, it's good to have you back, my man. It's it's good to have you back. Good to, good to chat with you again. Uh, I know life's going super fast right now for both of us so it's nice to be able just to sit down and, and bs with you for a little while so um yep but uh so thank you again everybody as always for listening and watching remember you can follow me on twitter at game trade greg you can follow john on twitter at dryer combo don't forget to subscribe on youtube it's youtube.com slash drop rate or on twitch you can follow us and subscribe on twitch as well twitch.tv slash the drop rate and uh and i appreciate y'all uh, and uh we will talk to you next time say goodbye john see you have a good one we'll talk to you next week bye-bye Well, maybe not next week, but you get it. All right, bye.